Hi, and welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, and in today's solo episode, I'll be sharing some misconceptions and myths I hear about organizing to help you get started on your organizing journey to reduce clutter and create a more functional home. Welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, wellness and organizational coach and yin and nidra yoga instructor. This podcast will help you create more time using organizational strategies so that you can start to simplify your life and prioritize your health. I'll be sharing conversations with other health and organizational experts and solo episodes with tips to help you simplify your life and prioritize your health. Thanks for joining me for today's podcast. I am sharing with you seven different misconceptions or myths around organizing. So I hope by sharing these, they'll help you shift your mindset around it and help you to get into organizing and decluttering by making this feel more achievable. So number one, I am not born an organized person. That means I will never be organized. This is not true because organization is a teachable skill. It's just like maths. It's just like reading. All of these are things that you can learn and so is organizing. I have clients and that is my job is to actually share with them how to do the process, what they need to do, and then they learn and over time with support, they're able to do this process themselves. And I love when they share with me what they've done and how they've achieved something over the weekend or when I haven't been there and how much progression they've made over that time. So executive functioning, which is our planning, time management, manages our emotions, helps us follow steps so that we can initiate tasks. Sometimes though, our executive functioning can be a task initiation barrier, meaning it stops us from actually starting tasks. Being able to support people or helps them with the process by putting the steps in place and then supporting them and being with them and almost like holding their hand as they work through the process. So when we have problems with our executive functioning, one of the strategies I like to use is by having categories to focus on. So for example, it might be just a Lego, or it could be thinking of a toy room, or it could be just soft toys. But by breaking up into smaller categories, it makes it a lot easier to focus. In particular, ADHD brains will respond well to positive motivation and fun. So one of the things I love to use is gamification. If you go back to episode 79, I share lots of ideas around gamification to help anyone who needs that extra boost of dopamine to get through those tasks that are maybe a little bit boring. So things like using music to dance to, the neurons that fire together, wire together. So by placing music on, then you're more likely to go, okay, this is when we're going to be organizing and cleaning up our lounge room. It's a great motivation and fun thing to do as well. Use tasks with a built-in wait time. So I love using when the kettle's boiling, you're waiting. And so I will empty the dishwasher or I'll wipe down the bench. Or if there's groceries there that need to be put away, I'll put those away. Using that time instead of just waiting to actually do something within the area. So I don't leave because if I left, I may not then remember to come back and finish making the cup of tea by 
actually using the wait time within the area is really important. Another great strategy is bundling things together. So when you're folding your washing, you're also watching Netflix, which might be fun and motivating. Or while I'm cleaning, I'll maybe listen to a podcast or an audio book. And that gets me motivated to do those tasks that maybe I don't particularly want to be doing. Number two, so once you organize your home, it stays that way. That is definitely a misconception. It actually takes work. You're setting up the systems within your home, but then you actually have to continue to work at it to make that system actually work. So once everything has a home, it's easier to put it away. A system reduces the excess time that it takes for cleaning up. I had a client the other day who said that she would spend like three hours putting things away. She asked me how long it would take me and I said, well, I generally would do it every day and I might spend 15 minutes putting everything away. A great way is having lost property boxes. So in our home, I have two boxes, one for each child. I'll put the things away that are not related to them and for them, I will place in their lost property box. So I'm not going and actually putting their shoes away or their clothes or anything else they've left lying around. I'm just placing that in one spot in the home, which is in our laundry. Your lost property boxes can also be used as your washing baskets and they could be anywhere in the home. I know other families who have set them up in their sort of kitchen area, others that have done it in their at their drop zone, at their front door area, and that's where they've had their lost property boxes. This also creates a little bit of independence with your kids so that they can put some of the things away. Another one that I use is a night closing task to create a more functional space in the morning. So things like we will make sure that the bins are emptied, our bench space is all wiped down. I don't do this, but I know my husband does this. He organizes his coffee so it's ready before he goes and exercises in the morning. Make sure that I put the dishwasher on before we go to bed so we have clean dishes in the morning. Even if the dishwasher is only half full, that is made a major change in our life and really helped because now my kids know that they must empty the dishwasher in the morning When it was at different times, they weren't sure, they wouldn't check. But this way, they always check because they know that every morning the dishwasher needs to be emptied. Organizing means that you're having a place for everything in your home and having a system to get it back to its place. So number three, there's a right way and a wrong way to organize. This is not true. The best way to organize your home is a way that's going to work for you and your family. As I said before, different families will have their lost property boxes in different places around their home. Maybe it's in their lounge room, in their laundry, at their front door, whatever's going to work for that family. Maybe a lost property box wouldn't work in your family. It's also referring to the Clutterbug episode I shared because we all have different organizing styles. I'm a cricket, so I don't want to see everything while Others in my family are butterflies, so they need to see things. And if they can't see them, then they'll be like, where is it? We don't have it. And they'll be just rushing out to get something else, a new one, because they can't find it. I'll share in the show notes the Clutterbug episode so you can have a look back at that. Another one I really enjoy following and listening to, and I've read her book, was Casey Davis. She has a gentle approach to cleaning and organizing, and her book is called Keeping House While Drowning. So she has her laundry method, 
which was a family wardrobe, which sounds like an amazing idea when your kids are really small. Rather than taking clothes back to everybody's bedroom, she has set up the wardrobe in her laundry area so it's really easy to manage because the kids were dressing at the same spot and she would have to get their clothes out anyway, so she might as well get them out from the one place. She also uses the dishes stacking method. So she has a rack and during the day she stacks all her dirty dishes into like the cups that are together, the plates, the cutlery, and then at the end of the day she puts them into the dishwasher. This means that she has an empty sink all throughout the day to be able to use when she needs it. One of the other things that Casey talks about is language. I really love how she shares that your chores, which are, sounds like an obligation, she talks about them as care tasks. So it's more of a kindness to yourself. And cleaning, which sounds endless, she says is resetting the space, which is like the end goal. And what you would like to do is it's resetting for the next day. Instead of saying this space is messy, she says, this space has reached the end of its functional cycle, which I absolutely love because most of my work is around trying to create functional spaces. They're not necessarily a Pinterest-worthy pantry or a toy room. It's about creating a functional space that's going to work for that particular family. Being organized means tidying and resetting the space, which happens more quickly and makes life more functional, and cleaning is then less overwhelming. For me, I have set days for things in my home. This helps me. It creates predictability. My brain loves predictability. So I do laundry on a Friday. That means changing sheets and towels. And I have alternate week. One week it's our room. The other week it's my kids' rooms for their sheets and their dinners and the towels is everyone's every week. Again, like I said before, I turn the dishwasher now on every night, even if it's not full. It's just creating that predictable routine for my kids to be able to follow. So I really recommend taking the time to really think about it and find a system that's going to work for you and your family's needs. Because neatness doesn't equal organization. It's functionality we're looking for. Okay, number four, this is my favorite. Buying bins and containers makes me organized. This is really untrue. I go to people's homes all the time and they have all these containers that are not functional. They've tried, they've bought them, but they didn't know how to actually use it. Decluttering is the key because otherwise you're just clutter shifting. You're just moving things around. Too much storage does not equal an organized home. It just means that you have more things to organize and more things to store in your home. So when you're thinking about decluttering, one of the things to really think about as to whether to let something go or not is to use the 20 rule. Can I replace it in 20 minutes? And will it cost me less than $20? You could come up with your own number that's going to suit you. So it could be five. In five minutes, can I replace that item? And is it going to cost me $5? Then do I really need to have this item here that I haven't used in five years or that I probably use once a year or I could possibly borrow it from a friend? So buying containers before you start the actual organizing process will only add to the clutter. Even when I do people's pantries, I will buy maybe a couple of things that I know that generally I will use, but I will wait until we've sorted out, decluttered and worked out what they need 
And then I'll go and purchase those containers. Toy spaces are another area where people will buy all the containers, but it's like, could we just declutter first and see if we even need all of these containers. What I find is when you do declutter, you always find then you have lots of baskets and containers that you can repurpose. I love to use like shoe boxes, uh, you know, the computer boxes, gift boxes as drawer inserts. Pillowcases are another great one to use to add excess clothes and linen that can be stored up really high in your wardrobe that has that extra space at the top. It means that pillowcases also allow your clothes and allow linen to breathe, whereas when we stick it in plastic and those vacuum-sealed bags, it may have some condensation in there and then you're going to have mold build up. So to avoid that, Having pillowcases is a great way to store those items. Old Tupperware without the lids are another great item to use as drawer inserts or ones with lids you could use for containers as well. So number five is waiting to start an organizing project. That might be organizing a wardrobe or organizing a toy room when you found the perfect organizing solutions. My advice is it's better just get started and do the best you can with what you have rather than completely avoiding the situation. This is particularly true when it comes to organizing paperwork. We don't need all the archive boxes. All we need are some cardboard boxes to get started. It's better to have something rather than doing nothing. I found this, I've been organizing over the past couple of weeks, people have come back to school and getting back into their routine, spare rooms and garages. So it's been getting rid of all the boxes from Christmas time and folding all of them up. And then it's getting all the other items that don't belong, gathering them and returning to them. And then it's getting just cardboard boxes or plastic containers that they've got and categorizing all the items and even just using some masking tape with a black marker on it and writing what the items are in the box and then stacking them against a wall. And it's then created this nice clear space, which then is really motivating to move on. Best thing is to declutter so then you can create create homes is best. And it's also going to help to create a more functional space for your family's needs. Don't put off and waiting for that perfect organizing solution. My advice is just to start. Number six, you should decant everything in your pantry. The question I usually ask clients is, why are you decantering? So decantering meaning you're taking all of the contents from a packet and putting it into some sort of container. Will you actually maintain this? So that is my questions, my first two questions to my clients before we even proceed down that route. If they're saying, oh, I want to do it because it's going to keep things fresh and they've maintained it so far. They've got a couple of things, like maybe it's just their self-raising flour and plain flour that they've already been using and buying and decantering. My next thing is then we need to look at the right container because I find regularly that people will buy a two kilogram of sugar and the container that they have to store the sugar in is only enough for one kilo. And so then there's still half a packet there. So we need to make sure that the whole packet can be decanted into the container so that the whole thing can be stored. Maybe a small amount might be on your bench of sugar, but the rest needs to be in the container because really there's no point in having half 
in a container and half in a packet because you're going to forget about that packet and it's just going to get pushed to the back of the pantry. So it's also thinking about, is this decantering going to simplify everything for you or does it create more overwhelm? For some people, they really like the decantering because they can see easily what the items are and how much is left and whether they need to purchase more. But if this is going to create more overwhelm and more work for you, then I would think about not decantering. You don't have to also decanter everything. You could just have some some things, staples that you decanter and everything else is still in the packets of things that you don't use regularly could be possibly still in containers. So make sure this is something that you're going to stick with before you try to redo your entire pantry at once. Number seven, if it's in a storage shop, it's going to solve your storage problem. Unfortunately, this is not true. There's lots of novelty items that are not always useful. You'll find them in a shop and you think, oh, that'll be great. But actually, when you get home, it's actually creating more work. Things like hanging shelves in wardrobes, the material ones. I don't find they're a very good use of space. There's always extra space around them. Uh, things get lost in the back of them and maybe they're not firm enough to be able to hold the items you, you place in there. The clear boxes for shoes, I don't know about you, but for me, having to open a clear box to place a pair of shoes in is not going to work for me. Also, sometimes shoe racks can be the same sort of thing. If they're too tedious and too small for your shoes, they're not going to work. All the shoes will be around the shoe rack, which I've seen in so many homes, instead of stored on the shoe rack. So in that case, you might look at a box instead or a container to place the shoes in. So whatever's going to be simple and not create more work is what we're looking for. And the best way to work this out is by looking at how you put things away. If you're not using that item for what it was intended for, then it isn't solving your organizing problem. Not everything that looks good is functional. Think about whether you're going to actually open the clasp to open a lid. Sometimes it's just better to lead the lid off. So for example, I had a memories box for a client. We placed the memory box up into the roof space and it had the clasps on it. But the one that we've placed in his room that he can regularly add to just has a lid sitting on top. It doesn't have the clasps. What we found was in the top of his wardrobe was all the pieces of paper and certificates were just sitting there because it was too much work to open the clasps. So this way we've put the ones that need to be stored in the roof with the clasp and the ones for easy access is just a lid sitting on top. I'm also a huge fan of shelves or cube units that can be repurposed. So it may be used in a toy room, but down the track, it could be moved somewhere else and it could be used for books or at a entrance area for a drop zone. So just thinking about if you're buying something, what it could be used for down the track when you need to repurpose it. So let me just go over the myths and misconceptions for you. Number one. If I'm not born an organized person, I will never be organized. So not true. You can always learn to be organized. Number two, once you organize your home, it stays that way. Not true. We need to actually put some effort into, once we have the system in place and homes for all our items to live in, we need to then actually action that so it happens. Number three, there is a right way and a wrong way to organize everybody is different. So we all have our individual styles 
and organizing styles. And as I've said before and talked about it before, look at your clutterbug style and what you your brain likes to look for. Number four, buying bins and containers makes me organized. Not true. Remember, decluttering is the key. We don't want to be clutter shifting. We don't need too much storage. It doesn't equal an organized home. Number five, waiting to start an organizing project until you've found the perfect organizing solution. My tip is just to get started. Carbon boxes, plastic containers work perfectly to start organizing your items and categorizing things. Number six, you should decanter everything in your pantry. Really think about if decantering is going to simplify anything for you or does it create more overwhelm. Number seven, if it's in a storage shop, it's going to solve your organizing problems. Not everything that looks good is functional. I hope by sharing some of these common myths and misconceptions that you'll be able to get started on organizing a drawer, a cupboard, a hotspot in your home, or even start on that project that you've been talking about, like cleaning out a spare room. Thanks for listening to Simply Happy Conversations. Thank you so much for joining me for today's Simply Happy Conversation. If you find yourself wasting precious time searching for misplaced items and wishing for a more organized life, then you need my five-minute declutter ebook, the ultimate guide to quick and easy organizing solutions for a clutter-free and happy home. Forget about spending months comarying your house. These fun solutions are designed to give you immediate results in under five minutes. Head over to Simply Happy in the resource section and download your free copy and start seeing results in minutes. I'd like to acknowledge the Wadharong people of the Kulin Nation on which this podcast is recorded as the traditional custodians of the land. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging.